Blog Talk Radio. Thank <laughs> you. 
Welcome to Blessings by Grace Radio. Tonight is our weekly Thursday night food for the soul. Bible study sessions, the Honorable Dr. Yes. Tonight the doctor is back, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. You just heard a song by gospel great Charles Jenkins called This Is War. That is a really awesome song. And tonight, tonight, tonight is oneness with the Lord. That is tonight. It is our weekly, like I said, Food for the Soul Bible Study Sessions. The doctor is in tonight. We are back again this Thursday night. We thank you for sticking with us, even though we weren't on last night. And, of course, last week during the Thanksgiving holiday, we allowed you guys to have your turkey and eat it, too. But we are back, back, and back, and we appreciate you guys. We want to welcome you to Blessed My Grace Radio tonight. And my little part of the show, yes, that's me. Um, I'm going to be talking about tonight for my inspiration is what does it mean to study the word of God? That is my inspiration for tonight. So I want you all in radio land, everybody listening in all the 68 countries across the globe, I want you to consider this now. The great miracle is that the Bible, despite all of the Bible's different varieties and its complexities, it reveals a unifying, underlining, and over achieving story. It is a roadmap for our life and what we are to be doing and how our life is to be shaped and how we are to walk into our purpose and our destiny. Now, when we read God's word, we ruminate on God's word. We think about it. We mesmerize over it. It plays back and forth in our mind like a very vivid memory. And we do try to rememberize every word in the Bible. Today, we come to the fourth formative spirit empowered ways of engaging in God's work. So today, what I want to talk about is researching really quickly before the doctor comes on. I want to talk to you guys about researching when we study God's word. Now, the Bible, like I said, is a complex book. It, in fact, has 66 different books for us to try to research and learn the roadmap for our life and where we should be going and what we should be doing and where God has placed us in his kingdom and what he would like us to do. Now, the Bible has been and always will be the same. It doesn't change. Everything in the Bible is for you, for me, and everyone else to learn about, to read about, and to get a greater understanding of God's Word. And if you don't know how to understand the Bible, if you don't know how to read the Bible to your liking, well, you're here on the show, and you know on Wednesday nights, Dr. Moore prays for you, so you can call in and ask for God to give you an understanding about reading the Bible, and yet take it from me. I understand that the Bible has all these different parables and different significant things that you're saying, why can't it be in plain English? Why can't it just plainly say these exact words so I can just know what means that and not something else and I have to decipher? Well, the Bible wasn't meant for it to be just where we can just plainly see it. It is meant for us to discern for the word. It is meant for us to decipher and get a greater understanding. If it was in plain English like a regular book, we say we know everything about the Bible, but the Bible is a mystery, and it is for us to read and research and develop and evolve as we're reading. But remember, if you're going to read the Bible, make sure you stay prayed up, 
so that way you can be prayed up in the word and you can get a greater understanding of God's word. The Bible is a great book to read, you guys. It gives you so much knowledge and so much from what happened back then to what's happening right now in current day. Back in the day was Genesis. The middle of the day was all the books in between. And now you have what's present day, which is in Revelation. That is what we are in right now. We are living what is coming to fruition is what's happening in the book of Revelation. So if you want to know about current events that's happening right now in 2020, read the book of Revelation. But before you read it, pray that God gives you the understanding about it. So this way when you're reading it, you'll say, hey, I know what that means. I understand what's happening today because I read about it in the good book. And then once you read about it and you get that greater understanding, you can share what you read with your family and your friends and let them know, hey, I learned something about God's word. So I thank you guys for listening to me and talking about what does it mean to study the word of God. The Bible is complex, but if you pray first and then you read it, you'll get a greater understanding. And remember, it is a roadmap to your destination and for you to be able to walk in your purpose. That's what the Bible is for. It's for all of us to read, for all of us to understand. And don't think if you and I read the same scripture at the same time, we're going to get the same understanding. Insider tip, what God reveals to you about the Bible, I might get a different revelation or he might reveal something different to me. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that we understand the same thing two separate ways. I thank you guys for listening to me again this week. The doctor is in and he's ready for you now. Ladies and gentlemen, the men of the hour, the honorable and comparable Dr. Bishop Alfred Moore. God bless everybody. Let's get ready to study this word. Thank you. Amen. Kitasha tonight. Amen. For bringing on the amen, that beautiful inspiration tonight. I want to uh, take time right now, amen, before we go any further. And I don't normally do this, but amen. COVID-19 has broke out rapidly like it is, amen. And the uh, our governor is calling for our churches to be closed down. I want you to join me in a word of prayer that God will undertake and keep us uh, through this uh, disease, amen, that is upon the face of the earth. Almighty God, thou knowest you can meet the heavens and earth. And COVID-19 is real. Many people don't believe it, but, Lord, we see the results of it because there are people dying every day, every hour from this COVID-19. Cover us under your blood. We pray in the name of Jesus right now. I know Satan desired his sisters all as grains of sand, but Jesus told Peter, I have prayed for you a long time ago. So, Almighty God, right now, let thy Holy Spirit be all over the face of the earth and rebuke that spirit right now in the name of Jesus right now. We take authority over it by the blood of Jesus. My God name, hallelujah. Thank you for praying for me. Amen. With me for COVID 19. God bless you tonight. Amen. And my announcer, praise the Lord, has brought us back and says we are here, amen, uh, on this Thursday night again, just to bring you food for thought. And that is the word of God. We're going to praise the Lord. Uh, come to you tonight from the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verse 6 through 12. And let me read these verses, amen. 
in Galatians 3, 1 through 5, and 2 John 9 and 10. The writer says, amen, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that calleth you unto the grace of Christ. Unto another gospel, which is not another, but there is some that trouble you and would prevent the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be a curse. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I speak to please man? For if I yet please man, I shall not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which were preached for me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Galatians 3, 1, and 5, I said, Oh, Foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you shall not obey the truth? Before whom I, as Jesus Christ, has been evidence set forth, crucified among you. This only word I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the work of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, does he it by the work of the law or by the hearing of faith? Second John 9 and 10 says, Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He has abided in the doctrine of, he that abides in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine. Receive him not. Receive him not unto your house, neither be it him God's speed. Paul is being very direct to the Galatians about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's letting them know that I marvel that you are so soon removed from 
him that calleth you unto grace. That is a man under Jesus Christ. I, I, I marvel, I'm worried about you. That amen, you are so easy to be removed from the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. And Paul was letting them know that which is not another. We have a problem in this world. We have a problem in America. We got too many gospels is trying to be preached. We got too many different beliefs that is trying to be altered up and everybody's saying that I am right. Remember Jesus said, I am the way and I'm the truth and I'm the life. Paul was so adamantly about this, he says, but there'll be some that trouble you. They're going to bother you because you're not going along with them and would pervert the gospel. They would change the gospel of Jesus. And we're living in that today. We're living in that time, amen, that we can see that people is changing the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is a dangerous thing. Paul made it very plainly to us and said, if it was an angel from heaven, and that angel would come, amen, and preach another gospel besides the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let him be a curse. Uh, beloved, I want to try to talk to you tonight. There is not but one gospel. But we have so many different opinions about the gospel. But Paul was letting amen. These Galatians know, amen, that the gospel that he preached it was not certified by man. It was not given to him by man. But this thing that he preached was given him, amen, by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus had to reveal the mystery under Paul and what he taught. He said, you couldn't, amen, you couldn't get this in school. You can't teach this doctrine in school. The Lord's going to have to reveal himself unto you. <laughs> Excuse me. There is not but one gospel tonight. Now, amen, if we go contrary to that gospel, the Bible says, let us be accursed. So it's very important, amen, that when we preach the word of God, we ought to be preaching the same thing. We ought to mind the same thing according to the scripture. There should not be a lot of doctrine and difference in the word of God. According to the word of God, Jesus says, he set up his church on the day of Pentecost. That is when the church was first born. And all of the disciples that he had chose, they did not teach a different doctrine, but they taught the same doctrine. 
They taught the same thing. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Ain't nothing going to stop. Amen. This gospel that Jesus gave to his disciples. And we are built up on the foundation of the apostles. Born again ought to be preaching the apostle doctrine. Jesus Christ himself is our chief cornerstone. We must preserve the original apostle doctrine, the only gospel method of salvation. That's the only gospel method of salvation. People that are getting saved all kind of ways, but it's not according to the scripture. And that's why it is so dangerous and so important, amen, that we understand the scripture. Uh, the Lord uh, opened up the scriptures in the book of St. Luke, the 24th chapter. He opened up the disciples' understanding that they might understand the scripture. And unless the Lord opened up our understanding, we will not understand the scripture neither. There is only one message, or there is only one gospel. In our day, in time, it is plural. It is a day of expending. There is still just one message, not a whole lot of message. There is just one message that delivers mankind from sin. And any other teaching is a cruel and distortion of the fact, the growth of the truth. When you're changing the truth and you're not saying what Jesus said, you're bringing in another gospel. We don't find anywhere in the Bible that Jesus says, repeat after me. We don't find that. That's not the gospel of Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, when the Jews know they had called Jesus to be crucified, they said unto Peter, what shall we do? Peter said, repent. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. That is the gospel that we should be preaching today. Everybody got to repent of their sin. I can't repent for you. You can't repent for me. You must repent your own self. Paul the apostle was admitted to the captivated the message that he preached. He had consistently preached the gospel of the Lord and God had faithfully confirmed it with his power. When you preach the gospel of the Lord, you got power. You got power. Paul says in Romans 
15 and 19, through many signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem around about until I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. I have fully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I have preached it with power. I didn't come to you with words of excellency, but I come to you in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We're missing out something today, church. We're preaching God's word, but there is no power. Paul firmly, for the truth is what caused him to write with such firmness to the Galatians. The Galatians had been taught the truth. And somewhere down the line, they listened to somebody and allowed their spirit to go back into bondage, saying that it wasn't necessary for them to live like they were living. He had not lost his love for the believers in that region, for Asia Minor, nor was it that they had not loved him. He knew that at one time they would have plucked out their own eyes and gave them to him according to Galatians 4 and 15. Now, History tells us that Paul had poor eyesight, and they loved him so well that they would have plucked out their eyes one time and gave it to Paul that he'd be able to see. But however, there has been a disastrous change in their attitude toward the gospel. People don't believe in the gospel like they used to believe in the gospel. They don't believe even in serving God like they used to. They don't believe in praising the Lord like they used to. It's a change that come, and it's a change of deception. They're going backwards instead of coming. That was a change in their attitude toward the gospel. Paul, who had established the church in Galatians, had heard on his third missionary journey that believers there were now deserting the gospel in favor of combining a grace and the Mosaic law. They're trying to combine grace with law says for what the law could not do and that it was weak God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh condemning sin in the flesh we are not under the mosaic law we are under grace but these Galatians 
Somebody was trying to bring them back unto Judaism. Under the old way. But God then brought grace to us. If you are under the law, you are not following Jesus. But we must be under grace. They had the unmerit, the work of the great apostle, which was us and in Paul's passion to write these current letters to the Galatians in an effort to restore them to the truth. Amen. Paul was trying to bring them back to truth. Our world needs to be brought back to truth. Our world needs to practice what happened on the day of Pentecost. We're so conservative today. We don't believe in really getting down praising the Lord like we should. We don't believe in signs and wonders moving among us like it did in the first century. We've been We've fallen away from truth. Paul stood fast and he affirmed that only through the gospel could a person experience God's wonderful plan of redemption. It's only through the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and there is not but one gospel. I want you to hear me tonight. There is not but one gospel. Paul had to find that out. When he was persecuting the church, he didn't know who Jesus was. And on his way down the road of Damascus, he was going to persecute the church. And you know what God did? God knocked him off the horse. And Saul of Tarsus said, Who are thou? And Jesus says, I am Jesus, whom thou persecute. See, you can't preach the gospel till you really know who Jesus is. Only through the gospel God could God attribute his righteousness to the believer. It's got to be through the gospel. Man can't teach you the gospel. This thing comes by revelation. Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. But my Father, which is in heaven, this thing must come by revelation. Among all the powerful epistles written by Paul, the book of Galatians stands out. It is a verbal vindicator of Paul's own apostleship, his heartfelt defense of the truth, a justification by faith, and a string one into the Galatian church, not to go back to any form of Judaism. Don't go back to any form of the world. The Lord that brought you out of the world, you have no business going back 
to any forms of the world saying that you know Jesus. But I look at it every day. There are people that is confessing Jesus Christ. And they have been to say, I know him, and they living in the world. They done the things of the world. There is not but one gospel. The importance of doctrine. You better know the doctrine, amen, that you believe in. The doctrine, amen, that I believe is, is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about man. It's about Jesus. Some may argue, amen, that doctrine is neither important nor necessary. Only a believer has had an intimately experience with the Lord. Doctrine is important. Doctrine is necessary. Because there is a false doctrine and there is a real doctrine. That's what makes it necessary. This attitude, however, is totally foreign to the teaching of the New Testament. The early church continued to stand fast in the apostle doctrine, according to Acts 2 and 42. They stood fast in the apostle doctrine, which means that They are converted, they are not forsake the instruction of their leader. They stood fast. Ever what the apostles did, and ever what the apostles taught, that's what they stood fast in. That's what they believed. The word of God have not changed. We ought to be built up on the foundation of the apostles. And Jesus Christ ought to be our chief cornerstone. What did the apostles believe? They believed in the Holy Ghost. They believed in speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. That was their power. Rather, they are heaved to and act upon the critical principles of the apostles' teaching. Paul, he instructed Timothy, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. First Timothy 4 and 16. Take heed unto the doctrine, Timothy. Is salvation in the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The apostle was writing to Timothy as he urged you when I was on my way to Damascus. Stay on where you are at Ephesians in order that you may one and admonish and charge certain individuals not to teach the different doctrine. Quit teaching different doctrine. Quit telling people they 
saved when they ain't saved. Quit lying. Everybody say today. But that is not true. I'm not experienced that great forgiveness of God. Everybody hard have not been broken up. The prophet ground have not been broken up. A chain have not come into everybody's heart that confessing Jesus. In order that you may warn and admonish and change, charge certain individuals not to teach any different doctrine. Don't teach no different doctrine than what we have taught. Teach the same thing. We got churches all over Los Angeles, and everybody got their own doctrine. There is not but one doctrine. That doctrine is of Jesus Christ. Doctrine, purity, without question, was a vowel concern to both Paul and the other apostles. It was them. Amen. It was important for them is to teach the right thing. It was important for them to be on one mind and be on one accord. But we are mixed up today. We we listen to some of everything. There are but one, one, one. The influence of the first century church. It was magnetic. The love and the power that Christians believed, they shared through the Holy Ghost. Back there, amen, they shared the love through the Holy Ghost. They drew people to Christ. And they would let them know without the Holy Ghost, you don't have Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, amen, to go to Jerusalem. But there are many Christians today that go far as Bethany. And they get a blessing, they get a and they feel good. And they say, I know Jesus. But Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and stay there. Don't you leave until you be in endowed with power from on high. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul spake about the church as being a single body with many members where each individual believe has his place. But the body functions as a unit. Now, there are many members in the body, but we all ought to be one. There ought not to be two bodies. One. Jesus don't have but one body. For Paul, there could be no room for Shema. For through the gospel of Christ, he maintained all our one. 
all of God's people are one. One, one, one. Not only is there just one body, but there is just one spirit. It ain't no two spirits. Ain't no three spirits. Ain't no lot of spirits. It's only one spirit. Ephesians 4 and 4. And every believer is covered by the blood. And all believers are then, even believers also is infused by the Holy Ghost. Every believer ought to be infused by the Holy Ghost. Every believer ought to be covered under the blood of Jesus and infused by the Holy Ghost. Through the infilling of God's Spirit, we are all baptized into one body. We are all baptized into one, one body, not two bodies but one body. Whether we be Jew, Gentile, whether we be born or free, and whether we have all made to drink into one spirit, not no two spirit, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, one spirit. We all must believe the same thing. Some people say that I'm a Christian. And alcohol is on their breath. Some people say I'm a Christian. Smoking marijuana. Some people say I'm a Christian. Using profanity. Listen, my brothers and my sisters. When you come into the Lord, God says that. You are a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Are you in the body? There ain't but one body. Whether you black, whether you white, whether you red or yellow, it ain't but one body. And we all is to drink into one spirit. Through the Holy Ghost, divine truth is brought to light. John sixteen thirteen. When you have the Holy Ghost, truth is brought to light. Truth is Jesus Christ. The truth was standing before Pilate, and Pilate wanted to know what is truth. People that look in truth in the face right now, when they look into the word of liberty, into the word of freedom, and still don't know what truth is. Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth, my brothers and my sisters. Paul, through the spirit, the love of God is shedded abroad in our heart. Romans 5 and 5. The love of God is shedded in our heart. I pray that amen. The love of God is shedded in your heart. You remember, amen, when Paul asked certain disciples of John say well what then were you baptized unto 
They say unto John baptism. And Paul asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Well, they acknowledged. They didn't even know what the Holy Ghost were. There are many believers out there that is confessing Jesus that have never received the Holy Ghost. But Jesus said, for the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto those that are far off, even as many as our Lord God shall call. The promise of the Holy Ghost is for you. Paul further emphasized another element that unifies the family of God in Ephesians 4 and 4. Through six, He said, we are bound together by one hope. We don't have but one hope. And that one hope is in Jesus Christ. 2020, as we see the world is changing, we don't have but one hope. As we see a man, man don't know what to do, which way to go, our hope is in Jesus. That's the only hope we have. It's not in the president, not in Congress, but our hope is in Jesus. A hope, amen, that motivates Christians throughout the century. Even now, as the storm clouds is impending in tribulation, the storm clouds is is rising over us right now. It is a pending tribulation. The storm cloud is rising as we sit in here tonight. As I'm talking tonight, trouble is rising on every hand. Look what we are under right now. That's a storm cloud. It's in the pending tribulation. Getting ready, amen, you're going to suffer a while. Spreading itself over this world. Amen. Look at the pandemic. It's spreading itself over this world. People is in trouble everywhere. But what gospel are you preaching? Are you preaching Buddhist? Are you preaching Hindu? Are you preaching Muslim? You ought to be preaching Jesus Christ. The church waits with an intense and joyful anticipation. We are looking for that blessed hope. It then got to the time now and point uh, that the world is so eroded with trouble. We are looking for Jesus to come and get us out of here. We're looking for that blessed hope. That's the only hope is left in this world is Jesus. Political Power is over. Jesus is answered. And the glorious appearance of that great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, we're looking for him to come. Titus 2 and 13. That's our hope. I'm talking about Christmas now. That's our hope is in Jesus Christ. Clouds really hold no terror. 
for the people of God. For one day the Son of Man will come in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He's coming. Oh, he is coming. And not only man does the Christian know this, the world knows the world know he's coming. The world know, amen, something is on the high rise, and they know, amen, something is not right. Jesus is coming. That's our hope. Matthew 24 and 30. See, we believe in one law, according to Ephesians 4 and 5. We don't believe in no two laws. We don't believe in no three laws or three gods. We don't believe in that. We believe in one Lord. When Thomas saw Christ after the resurrection, he called him L-O-R-D. He said, Lord, you my Lord. You my ruler. You my master. Paul recognized him as such on the road of Damascus. John described him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings in Revelation 17, 14. Is he your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord? Is that who controlling you? Is that who you're looking to? There is not but one gospel. He is also our master. Jesus, and he exalts on high, far above all other principalities and power. He's above everything. All believers then should humble, serve him, and should gladly submit to his purpose and plans for their life. We ought to be glad to submit. We ought to be glad to humble ourselves under the hands of the almighty God. But it don't seem to work that way. The words one faith in Ephesians 4 and 5, it reveals that Christians everywhere share the same base doctrine. One faith. We don't have a one faith. Brother June picked it up and he said, pray. Because he knew that somebody had brought another kind of faith in. He said, pray for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Pray that the saints have the same mind and have the same accord. Not the least of which is realized upon Jesus Christ for the redemption. Jesus Christ is the great focus point of all of our trust and all of our hope. Indeed, he is the author and he's the finish of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12 and 2. Believers also are united in Christ through one baptism. You want, amen. You you want to be one. You want to be one. Amen. Be baptized. Be baptized. 
but you got to know what name to go down in in order to be baptized correctly. We are buried with him by baptism under death. Romans 6 and 4. It is true that Christ's death on the cross paid the ransom for our sin. Now, just because he paid the ransom for our sin, that don't mean, amen, we can sit back and, and just relax and say, amen, we got it made. We own our way to heaven. We got to do something. People, do you hear me? We got to do something. But we can enter, we can't enter into his sacrifice only through obeying the gospel. But we can enter into his sacrifice only through obeying the gospel. Are you obeying the real gospel tonight? If an angel come from heaven and preach any other gospel than what we preach tonight, let him be a curse. Through repentance and water baptism in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sin. If you have not been down in Jesus' name, you have not been down in the right name. Jesus is the only somebody that can forgive sin. In Jesus' name. Father remission of sin and shall and sin are remitted according to Acts two and thirty eight. Consequently, every past sin that the new convert has committed is washed away, according to Acts 22 and 16. While some may continue that monothesia divine, Paul taught the unity believers that there is one God and Father of all, both Jew and Gentile. Christians really understand and embrace. To the Galatians, Paul declared, God is one. Galatians 3 and 20. My beloved, my time is running out on me, but I want to, I want to, amen, talk to you all next week. God bless you. This is Dr. Moore. That was awesome tonight, talking about oneness and how there's only one true gospel, one God. There's no separate entities, and there's no different gospels. That was so awesome tonight. We thank you for tuning in. We love you. We love you. We love you. And guess what? We will be back next week. If you go to Greater All Nations, be on the listen out for a call from Bishop in reference to church on Sunday. That's all I can say. That's just the key announcements will be on the listen off for that and we'll let you know. God bless you. Good night and Godspeed. Bye-bye, everybody.